Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that, like John Mazalek, is deeply afraid of commitment. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Happy holidays, Nady H. Oh, happy holidays to you. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet us at TalkAboutBirds. Hambone, how you doing? Are you simply having a wonderful Christmas time? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I yeah. am, Nate. How about you? Good, good. Oh, then man. we've got the the Christmas tree all out and, and adorned with uh, terrible ornaments from my history and a bunch yeah. of other delightful ones. I have... Uh, a Green Bay Packers blimp uh, uh, ornament that I have had since I think roughly 1994, and that's uh, bad. That sounds good. No, it's not. I mean, it's it it, it, is, it was a uh, a period of both of our lives because yeah. for whatever reason, I think everyone was fans of the uh, the Packers Brett, in the 90s. The Brett and, Favre Packers, yeah, yeah. Noted good normal guy Brett Favre at the helm of the uh, yeah. of the 90s Packers. So yeah. I, I definitely had a one of those foam cheese heads. I remember that. I remember wearing that cheese head. It was good. I liked yeah. it. We should bring that back. Do Packers? I don't, be, I don't think do it Packers. ever left. <laughs> I think. <laughs> no, you and I need to bring that back. We need oh, to wear more cheese hat hats. Yeah. Cheese heads. Yeah, like as a fashion statement, not as mm-hmm. a, as a baseball th- or a football thing. Do they still wear the cheese heads? I don't know. I haven't followed football since they told me to stop being a fan of, uh, five, six years ago. Yeah, no, they, they must. Your brother was just in Lambeau. You should ask him. I should ask him. Well, what a start to this episode. You yeah. will be, uh, you're, you're heading my way here in a couple oh, days. Don't dox me, bro. Uh, yeah, if you're, uh, if you're in St. Louis and you see a car drive by and you're just like, you get like a really horrible feeling or like, it's like a, a really gross car drives by. That might be Hambone himself returning to St. Louis. Yeah, look out for a black Rav Four. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> uh, yeah, you stay at our house. Uh, you get to yeah. share a room with our uh, fat, broken cat, which is great. Oh, poor so, baby. Yeah, she's doing better though. I we have not talked. I've not talked about this on the show at all. But our cat got hurt somehow, um, but she's healing. Yeah. Nature finds a way. Life finds a way. Yeah. Poor baby girl. Yeah. Little peepo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we don't know exactly what our episode next week is going to look like because he will be here. And strangely we enough, might... this is far, far easier to do. Not in person. <laughs> <laughs> we might do an in-person record. I, I think I'm going to push might. for it. I'm going to I'm bringing my equipment. Um, Bring it all. And I like I, I, I understand. Is it it's, it's less easy. Uh, for sure. But I like to be able to yell at you in a mm-hmm. physical space. It's yeah. more fun. Yeah. Um, Which are stupid I don't ass. like being yelled at though. So please don't. I don't hand. Mm-hmm. I don't handle conflict very well. Old Nady quick to tears is what we call them. <laughs> yeah. Fight or flight. I just immediately cry. There's not even. <laughs> it's. 
<laughs> Fight, flight, or cry. <laughs> uh, what do you want to talk about this week, Hambone? The the news has really dried up right now. Although Mazalek did bullshit on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Matt Carpenter's available. Matt Carpenter. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think it is time for the Cardinals to have their third season in a row where they force legacy players to come yeah. back and to put on a show for us. You know what? I was I, I was going to um, counter argue with you, but I find no no issue with what you just stated. We clearly have a spot on the roster <laughs> for a uh, strikeout prone at this point, left handed bat. Um, get him out there. No, I, I kid, I kid. I, I do. I, I hope the Cardinals don't bring Matt Carpenter back, but there's it, no way based on, well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, obviously Matt Carpenter and Albert Pujols are very different players. Um, but like it's happened. I, I, I feel as though it's happened two years in a row. What would stop it from happening a third year in a row? Well, I can at least make an argument here for why it should not. I don't think this is a particularly challenging argument to make with Wainwright. He had just come off a good year and there was reason to believe that he could repeat to some degree what he had done before. And we needed starting pitching. Now, should you have spent $17.5 million on Adam Wainwright? Like, no, that was definitely a legacy thing, but there was like, there's an argument for where he fit in and a reason for his, like a need for what he had provided the year before with pools. If you remember, we were both really excited about that signing and calling for it because he had proven that he was still very good at hitting left-handed pitching. So the thought was he would be like a platoon DH for left-handers. And then of course we had the, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, the magical last half of 2022, uh, Matt Carpenter, unfortunately, you know, one of my favorite Cardinals of all time will be, I think, uh, Cardinal Hall of Fame, like the moment they make for him sure. eligible for that. Um, there's just, he's not really providing much at all right now. There's a reason no. why he's just been traded twice and cut after the Braves were unable to find a trading partner for a $4 million Matt Carpenter. Yeah. And, and, and no, I, I'm speaking mostly in jest. I, I don't think the Cardinals should actually do that. That being said, if they don't augment their pitching staff anymore, at least it would give us something to watch and talk about <laughs> as the Cardinals struggle through the year. But no, I, I think unfortunate, like Matt Carpenter, well, the only thing I could actually see happening is him having uh, going back to the Yankees on yeah. with like a minor league invite uh, just because there was so much magic captured for that 40, 50 game period. Um, maybe, you know, just for shits and giggles in that short right. porch, uh, maybe yeah. that would happen. But uh, unfortunately, I do think this is probably the end of Matt Carpenter's career. Um, and yeah, I fully agree. As soon as he retires, he's a Cardinals Hall of Famer um, and he should be a part of the organization. He, he, he is a great Cardinal, especially of the time period, you know, from yeah. 20 for 10 years, 2011 to 2021 um, yeah. was just incredible. And he's one of those guys that like he is the um, he is the best possible outcome for Brendan Donovan or the best possible right. outcome for any of these kind of unheralded so, prospects. So JC. So, um, yeah, well, hey, I'll take that. Right. I'm talking peak outcome, right? Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, hundred percent. I, I have wondered, is there a hitting coach future for him? Well, um, you know, his, I don't 
his dad's he's, he's a legendary guy, coach. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. His dad's a legendary coach. Um, so I, like, there's there's something to that. I think I would not be surprised um, if Carp came and you know, obviously guys like him, leadership, blah blah blah. Would that wouldn't surprise me at all if he found a a role either in the dugout or in the front office. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd be cool. I mean, you know, I don't. Like we have some good approach guys on the team right now. Paul Goldschmidt's always had a great approach. Arenado has had a great approach, but there hasn't been anyone on the Cardinals. And really, it's hard to even think of like outside of the Cardinals versions of what Matt Carpenter brought to the plate in his peak years. I mean, it was truly incredible. Uh, yeah, every like Joey Votto, every at bat. Yeah, Votto comes to yeah. mind. Yeah, but, there's uh, definitely guys, and it's we had a privilege of watching Matt Carpenter. Obviously, there are guys that are pushing 400 OBPs, and they're doing it, it you know, in a similar thing. But the fact that he did, he wasn't like Joey Votto's hitting 320, 330, and getting a 400 OBP. Even when Matt Carpenter's batting average was down, he was still getting that crazy high OBP because yeah. of just the the overall approach and the amount that he foul pitches off. Was, yeah, it, it just every at bat was was fun to watch yeah and i'll also throw out soto is kind of a a version of that but obviously he's he's a different animal um and one of the best players in baseball right now but uh yeah i mean there's the list is short Mm -hmm. yeah so it'd be cool if he comes back uh in the organization i imagine that yeah he'll be he's going to be at all the ceremonies like matt carpenter is going to be a part of cardinal life i think for until he decides that he doesn't want to do it anymore. Cause I imagine yeah. he's going to be invited to everything. Yeah, he should. Yeah. Yeah. Him and holiday, I think will be ultimately like the long-term representations of the like 2010s St. Louis Cardinals. And then obviously Wainwright as well, but Wainwright even expands bigger and broader than that. But like Carp and holiday, I think are who you think of really in that decade. Is there anyone that I'm missing? There's gotta be someone that, I mean, Yachty, it's not like he was dead yeah. during those years. Um, no, I, I guess yeah, it's like Yachty and Wainwright and and Buholes. It's just like that's like broader Cardinal history. They are like yeah. inner circle Cardinal Hall of Fame type guys. Um, um, but like uh, Carpenter this podcast, this podcast likes Carlos Martinez, <laughs> right? We do. I don't know that his legacy is going to uh, to last as long as maybe a Matt Holiday and Matt Carpenter. I know. I for Carmar, I think is, still top ten in Cardinal strikeout history. He has not played for another team uh yeah. in the major league since leaving the Cardinals. Yeah. Um it, it it is amazing. Well, yeah, we don't need to retread the there the, were but, a lot, yeah, there's a lot of reasons for that. I just but, loved Carmar and uh, and you know whatever he'll he'll be okay. He maybe needs well yeah. What do you get like eighty five million dollars or something like that from that one contract? Well, so. Oh yeah, I was more like his mental well being, the the way that he kind of interacts with the world and the people who live in it. That's what worries me about Carmar more than his financial situation. Um, so you know, just get your sleep, Carmar. Drink your water. <laughs> eat your vitamins. It's it's gonna be okay. I bet he's doing just fine. Yeah, I bet. I'm worried, but you just pave yeah. over my feelings like, like you always do. That's fine. <laughs> uh, my feelings don't care about your feelings. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> You're so badass. 
Thanks. Let's talk about some of the news that's coming out, <laughs> some of the rumors. Um, so as we record right now, Wednesday afternoon, uh, Yuki Matsui, who has, I think, been a target for the not. I think it's been reported that the Cardinals have targeted him. He actually was reportedly in St. Louis last week. Um, he's fit right into the realistic signing uh, window that the Cardinals have. And um, I think we were starting to get a little hyped about it, too, uh, especially yeah. with the visit to St. Louis. Um, it is being reported right now, and I'm seeing reports from both sides of the pond uh, that he is likely to be signing with the Padres. So yeah. uh, that's disappointing. Um, there's definitely something like I, I, it'll be interesting to see the dollar um, like the dollar amounts. I imagine it's not going to be particularly high. And I think Cardinal fans will yeah. be annoyed at whatever the dollar price is because it'll be really easy to say, uh, man, the Cardinals couldn't beat that. Um, but I, I think well, we also have to remember that these guys are, are players and like the West coast is just an appealing place to live and to work. And so like sometimes when you're getting similar offers, we see this where we're car or players, especially from, these leagues really prefer West coast teams. And that might be at play here where it doesn't really matter what the Cardinals offered. Yeah. Well, okay. So two points, I'll push back on that because money, money talks, baby. Hey. And, uh, if the Cardinals wanted Yuki Matsui, uh, and, uh, you know, he was preferring a West coast team, you'd give them more money um, right. to come to the Cardinals. Um, you, uh, you have a perceived advantage with Midwestern, uh, uh, players like Sonny Gray and you have a mm -hmm. disadvantage with Yuki Matsui and you uh, have to budget and pay yeah. out accordingly. That's how the game works. Um, but the other thought on this is I, I think it's fine for Cardinals fans to be mad, but I do think it should be noted that this guy is an undersized, uh, not particularly young closer in Nippon professional baseball. Um, and it, it, this, and I say that to me, like, this is not like a Japanese answer to Josh Hader or something like right. that. Um, you know, yeah. if you look on fan graphs, Eric Loggenhagen, who is, who does great work has a write up on him, basically giving him a 40 plus future value rating, which puts him at like a solid bullpen piece. This guy is probably coming out in the sixth or the seventh. He is not usurping Ryan Helsley. Um, and I say all that to mean like, this guy exists out there in other shapes and, and sizes. Um, I mm -hmm. think it would be fun to have Yuki Matsui because I think Japanese players are fun. Um, I like the way that he does it. But yeah, it, it's I don't think this is the thing to get mad about if he does end up signing with the Padres. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. It's this is uh, it's not a crazy miss. Like if the money if they say, OK, we don't want to use the money. It has gotten too expensive for us. We'd rather save these dollars for a Nick Maton or as rumor would have it. Yeah. Apparently the Cardinals are at least interested or have checked in or are even in on Josh Hader, which yeah, is something that you and I have talked about. Um, what are your thoughts on this? You know, it, it's, I go back and forth on this and I, would it be fun to have Josh Hader in the Cardinals bullpen. 100%. Yeah. Full stop. A blast. You have one of, if not the best left-handed closer in base or relief pitcher in baseball and Josh Hader. You have a top three uh, righty relief pitcher in Ryan Helsley at the back of your bullpen. 
talked to we've talked about Jojo Romero. We think Gio uh, uh, is going to have a bounce back year. There are other names that the Cardinals have picked up in the offseason to be excited about. That gives you that 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 becomes a massive, massive strength for this ball club. Um, and I'm starting to kind of talk myself into it, especially if we're done augmenting the starting rotation, which I still I don't think the Cardinals should be done. Like, right. let's be clear. If I if I get to choose Yamamoto or Josh Hader, of course, I'm taking Yamamoto. Um, but as far as ways to augment the bullpen, to augment the pitching staff, to improve the team, I I, I wouldn't be mad about it. I mean, it's the best reliever on the market, right? Right. So, like, it would kind of be like the thing with um, Contreras last year. It's like, you know, were there better other machinations, other ways of um, building your, your roster. Like, yes, you know, could the Cardinals have gotten in on um, Sean Murphy pulled off one of the, been a part of that crazy Contreras swap maybe, and maybe that would have been a better uh, outcome, but for what was available for money, Wilson Contreras was the best possible option on the market and they went and got him. And if they've decided that a reliever, is where they want to spend their money now. You cannot do better than Josh Hader. And it really would be pretty incredible if Ryan Helsley is your seventh <laughs> or eighth inning guy. Oh my God. Yeah. And and, and we've heard uh Mazalak say in a very recent interview that they're trying to shorten games. They want either they're starting they either want starting pitchers who will go deeper or they want to make their bullpen so good that they can shorten games. And you could not do better than Josh Hader. And I have some concerns like you just stated, like, is that the best case use of their money? Um, you know, probably not. I imagine he's going to get a big deal. This isn't going to well, be let's... your standard, like two year reliever deal. He's going to want four or five years at 20 plus a year. I would think. Let's talk about that. Cause I, I think that's the most fascinating and that's, what's kind of clicked it in a little bit more for me and got me a little more excited than I was kind of just like thinking about Josh Hader in the abstract, but I'm just going to pick on, um, fan graphs has a, uh, crowd source. Um, they, they crowdsource the predictions for right. the deals that they give out. And if you look at it, it's been shockingly accurate. Um, uh, it's off by a year or a couple million dollars per player, but it's like they basically nailed the Shohei Otani actual value. Um, anyways, mm-hmm. it, it's it's pretty accurate. So I think when you're we're talking about this number, we're not just pulling this out of our butts. Um, but with the crowdsource estimate on Josh Hader's next deal is going to be four years, seventy two million dollars total, and that uh, equals eighteen million dollars a year. And to me, I mean, when you're talking about dollar per war. When you're talking about what it does to your bullpen and like, I think the fun factor is worth, I don't know, a couple million bucks a year. Mm -hmm. At least it's not my money. I don't give a shit. I don't know, man. It sounds pretty fun. If it's actually that one, I kind of feel like that might be low, but maybe I'm over. uh, Maybe I'm overestimating what a 30 year old or I don't know if he's still 29, but you know, 29, 30 year old reliever will get on the market. But like, you know, he is. I've said it before. I think he is on a Hall of Fame track, you know, as a reliever. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I I've been assuming some team is going to give him like five, one hundred and five, or something like that, and and make him like a central part of their off season, you know. And 
even that, I'd probably be okay with that as a Cardinal fan. Um, but I, I've just been expecting somebody to like blow him out of the water. And then the Cardinals end up signing like a Nick Maton for 221 or something like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, is it the truly the best allocation of nearly a hundred million dollars? Like, how much more would you need to pay to get a Jordan Montgomery or something like that? But if you are gonna get a reliever, uh, hell yeah, Josh Hader, hell like go do it. Um, I I don't care if he doesn't actually want to win and will stay in the bullpen once the uh uh <laughs> once they're out of the playoffs, you know? That shows real risk assessment and a willingness to uh think about today and tomorrow. Well, yeah, I mean, he, he's a reliever. He's got to cash in right now, right? It's yeah. it, it is it makes all of the sense in the world for him to get as much money as possible. Um yeah. but it seems like he has some interest in coming here. It it's been reported um and again, I think that what Cardinals fans need to remember is that, like the Cardinals could very easily run a $230 million payroll if they wanted to. It's all this yeah. self-limiting bullshit that we're dealing with. Um, right. So in that sense, hell yeah, baby, let it rip. Go get the best closer <laughs> in baseball. And honestly, because of the blip that happened in 2022, where he was, it, he was kind of cross-firing improperly and it seemed like he was just, his mechanics were out of whack. Like, Maybe that does get you a little discount. There, there's mm-hmm. a little a chink in the armor and, and maybe other teams that don't want to invest a hundred million dollars. They're shying away from that. So maybe it does fall down to that, uh, that rate that was predicted, but I think the Cardinals should really consider it. I think, um, Cardinals fans should be asking for this. And I think it would be so, so, so much fun to watch on a nightly basis. Yeah. We feel way better about our, uh, ancient old man rotation. If the bullpen is, you know, has a hater and all of the other guys, and because we've been excited, we're going to talk about Nick Robertson again here in a minute. But like, I, I think the Cardinals already are putting together a pretty good bullpen yeah. with what they have today. So if you go out and have the the best on the market, it, it becomes a real strength, and and you you start to look at how the team wins games in a slightly different way. Like, yeah, you're looking well, at your starters only needed to go five innings, six innings at the most. Everybody was so critical of Ali Marmal's bullpen management last year. And we said on this podcast several times, like, well, if every lever you pull drops a load of shit on the field, it's <laughs> yeah. not so much your fault. And I think that's the best thing that Mo's done this off season is given Ali and the, and the team there a, a lot more levers to pull. And I think we'll be able to mix and match, ride the hot hand and hopefully find some, you know, hopefully Nick Robertson just, really breaks out. Hopefully yeah. Guillermo Zuniga really breaks out. Uh, Wilking really breaks out. There's a lot of options and there's reasons to be optimistic. Yeah. When you have to uh, use three to five relievers every single game, like no matter what, it's going to go poorly. Like sure. Every once in a while you'll get a game where they all click and, it, and you get through it cleanly. But for the most part, like it's all entire small sample size. Someone's going to blow up that game. And, and then it's super easy to, uh, to pick that and, one as the problem and not all the other ones. So, and if Mo's little plan works, you know the starters stick around for six or seven innings, and then you unleash a fresh and uh, uh, effective bullpen. See a lot of game like you're, you're talking about games getting shorter. You know, uh, mm-hmm. with this offense, you you can you can do the 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 whatever the the exercises the uh the stretching to understand how that could be a winning formula um 
was there just a ghost in your room? What? You just like very, you were like, huh. like you, you were looking around like something, like there was something spooky in your room. Oh no, I'm just, I, I think I had too much coffee this morning. I'm just, I'm <laughs> amped up. I don't know if the ghost of Christmas uh, yet to come was there to uh, make you stare at your gravestone. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Is I that what happens? Bit? Yeah. They go look what? at the gravestone? Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah. Jesus. Okay, I guess I need to rewatch that. That's Man, sad. Muppets Christmas Carol is so good. Yeah. Yeah. Rewatch okay. it. All right. Yeah. I will. I like the Muppets. Yeah. They make him go and like dust off his gravestone and it says, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge. Damn. They're just like, you're going to die, you old bitch. And that's. Yeah, it? you're going to die and everyone's going to love it. That's the <laughs> message. <laughs> Shit. All right. There's a whole scene where everyone's like, yeah, the old bastard's dead. Ha, 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 ha. Like, then they're like stealing his shit to sell and whatnot. And Scrooge is like, what poor fellow is that? You know, and it's like, well, who the fuck do you think it is, Scrooge? They're just showing you. Yeah. Anyway, I'm working on my Muppet Christmas Carol Tide 5. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll keep workshopping it. We don't need to do it right now. Honestly, um, I think you've it's workshopped. You're done. Take it out. Hit the road. (laughs) Watch the movie, though. It's good. Muppets are funny. I like okay. Muppets. You like the Muppets? Sure, dude. Leave, what, leave me alone. <laughs> what? Yeah. Who doesn't like the Muppets? I don't know. If I anyone, were... I would think you. What the hell? That's <laughs> messed up. Come on. I, I, I'm not like this soulless monster. Um, Speaking mm-hmm. of Muppets, I watched Return of the Jedi the other day. <laughs> Some Muppets up in there. That is, yeah, that's like a pretty good segue. Uh... I mean, that's a great one. Are you going, are you going in like an order or are you just like, I'm going to watch return of the Jedi. I flipped it on. Yep. Just wanted (laughs) to watch it. Um, and, uh, I I don't mean to be too takey, but, uh, Ewoks are good. Yeah. I like Ewoks. I think that's people who are taking a thing that is not like people want star Wars to be more self-serious than it actually is. You know, it's not. Yeah. 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 Also like, there's a scene where like the an Ewok is killed by one of the stormtroopers and they all come around and they're like uh, uh, trying it's to the help it. In the it's entire it's so sweet. Yeah. What is yeah. Who, who does if you don't like Ewoks at me, bro? <laughs> I, I know that's like the most tired, like 50 year old take, but I, I just I was watching that movie and I was thought these are good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're fun. Yeah. yeah. All right. I've been watching Andor finally. That's good. Here's a take. It's good. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> uh, I agree. Uh, you know, in a among a myriad of boring ass Star Wars stuff, at least we have uh, uh, Andor. I, I am at the point where I won't watch something until it's like pre vetted by like sixteen people. And yeah. So you know, I, I just don't. I don't have the the patience. I'm just happy that I know it all ends well for all the characters in yeah. the broader scheme of things. Thank goodness. Um, yep. All right. Uh, who else do we have to talk about? Uh, okay. Let's talk about uh, Yamamoto. Um, and probably for the last time in the Cardinal context. Yeah. Uh, because it certainly seems pretty obvious at this point that it's going to be a mega contract with uh like the Mets or the Yankees or still possibly the Dodgers, but it really seems like it's down to New York versus New York. Yeah. So um I mean obviously we have been 
and you in particular have been making impassioned arguments for why this makes sense for the Cardinals. And, and all those are true, but it, it certainly seems like it's gotten to the point where it, it's only the top, top dollar markets that are, are still in on him. Yeah, and it's really disappointing. Like the Cardinals can be that team if they want to. Yeah. We we talked about we broke down how the Cardinals can offer him the big money contract, give him the opt-outs that he needs. I think the Cardinals should be at the table and they yes. should be offering him really whatever he's asking for, especially things that are outside of specific dollar uh leverage giving him those opt-outs, giving him making him feel comfortable. Obviously, I I think I do think the new bar factor is real. Uh, we've talked about that, um, but it ain't over till it's over. I will yeah. say if we hear on background or if Mo comes on KMOX in a couple of weeks a- after he signs and says we are actually never really involved, I will be quite mad um, and frustrated with this organization. Um, but that's nothing new. But uh, they should absolutely be involved. There's nothing limiting them to that yeah. point, though. I-, I do think. Um, it is important to note that there are two other really good pitchers out there who are probably much more likely uh, and much more within the Cardinals financial ceiling that they put upon themselves with Snell and Monty. And Mm -hmm. as this has moved on, I I don't know if it's the cold of the winter and I'm just bouncing off the walls and going crazy, but the Snell idea is becoming more and more attractive to me. I say that because his age he just he's got two Cy Youngs. Um, and I think that because he is a flawed misfit toy that doesn't really fit perfectly into the lefty ace strikeout, like he he walks people, he he's got these kind of bumps and bruises. If that would allow him to fall to the Cardinals, and I do think while he might be a frustrating pitcher to watch because he can't find the zone all the time, there's no doubt in my mind that the Cardinals would be a significantly better team with Blake Snell on the team. Yeah. Well, and this year, man, 2023, like a lot of that stuff was true, is true and has been about Snell for his entire career. But the last like four months of the season, not a small sample size, he was basically incredible the the whole way through. Right. And um, is it that he is just a, uh, you know, high variance guy and that's just how he's going to be where it's going to be like three months of excellence, three months of middling and it all ends up being pretty good or maybe you know, in his late 20s, he has finally figured out that blend of control and and he's about to really take off, which would be crazy because he has already won two Cy Youngs, which is quite an accomplishment. Um, so like th- there is this world where it's like there is still upside in yeah. Blake Snell, which I think is incredibly appealing. Um, that said, like so. So, well, so I agree and I I have been. I, I have been excited or I, I have been saying from the beginning too that I would like the Cardinals to sign Blake Snell, but I don't think it's going to happen because I think what's happening right now isn't that these guys' value is lowering and, and like they're not getting what they want or and they're afraid to sign because they don't want to sign for a low dollar or anything like that. I think it's just simply that they're waiting for Yamamoto to sign and then the teams that missed out on Yamamoto you know, who were maybe offering 300 million or whatever it is going to be, will be like, oh, well, we can still get Snell for 200 million. And he's going to end up getting an insane contract too, just like riding in the coattails of, of Yamamoto and, and same for yeah. Montgomery. So they're just waiting until there's not like, till the market is looking at them. You know, I, I wonder about that though, Nate, because like 
Blake Snell and Yamamoto are like worlds apart age ability um, just the package that they bring to the mound and everything like that. I I get what you're saying, um, but I, I don't think teams just like throw the bag at players just because they have the bag anymore. Like, I I don't think that that really happens. Um, Well, again, these guys that are trying to sign an ACE level pitcher, the Mets, the Dodgers, although that might be a little bit different with what just happened uh, with Glasnow, but the Yankees, even like the Giants, the Cubs, all of these teams that desperately need pitching almost more so than the Cardinals, as crazy as that is to say, um, like it's not that they're just going to throw a bag. It's that they need an ace level pitcher. And so they want to see, can they get Yamamoto? And then it's like, no, okay, then let's go get Snell. And then there'll be a bidding war on Snell. And then there'll be a bidding war on Montgomery. Um, yeah. But to the point you made about Yamamoto, the only reason the Cardinals are not in on all of these guys is that Bill DeWitt wants to make sure that his profit margins are as good as as high as they possibly can be. And that sure. probably winning five more games in 2024 is not worth the like $25 million out of his bank account. You know, so it, it's it's strictly a deeply frustrating uh, you know, business decision. It is not it, it is not a what can we afford and do we want to win? Because if that yeah. were the case, we, it wouldn't none of this. You know, the Cardinals could double their payroll and still, uh, you know, probably be wildly profitable. Bill DeWitt but, is worth four billion dollars. Yeah. And the Cardinals have the have a top five attendance every single year. You know, we, we claim small market. And, and I know some of that's TV deal stuff, but the TV deal was what? Two billion. Yeah, over 20. So, yeah, yeah. So it is not, this is not a, uh, it is strictly that they build a way wants to protect his profit margins. So anyway, uh, is he going to go on his Mike Illich, you know, spending spree? How old is he at this point? I know we I kind of know. had that morbid conversation last week. I, maybe I'll just leave it we there. Should, but do you think we could pull off some sort of ghost of Christmas past, present, and future with Bill DeWitt, but it's all around like, the Cardinals winning World Series. I don't think that you and I could do it, but I think, I think um, as a community, as a, mm. a podcasting, um, uh, force. Yeah, as a podcast community, we need to haunt Bill DeWitt until he purchases <laughs> Blake Snell. By the way, he is 82 years old. Oh, come on. You got to win, Bill. I mean, he already knock, has. Knock, knocking on. That's the other problem is, uh, yeah, yeah that he has two two rings, and, and that probably yeah. takes it all, yeah. you know, makes it a lot easier for him. But anyways. Well, no you heard it here first, folks. Ben thinks Bill DeWitt's going to die soon. <laughs> I don't want to. No, I, I'm not saying that out loud. I don't want that to happen. And I don't want and, anyone to die, Nate. And there are far worse owners than Bill DeWitt. But it's oh, yes. our team. They're, they are. They're the team that we root for, and so it's our right to uh, be deeply frustrated at how they spend their money. So that's an is is Bill Dewitt a top ten owner in baseball? Um, I would it'd be interesting on how you qualify that um, because they do end up generally in the top half or top third in but in payroll, and so there's definitely yeah. teams that are like ringing their uh, organization for profit way more than Bill Dewitt. I don't think he is like the central figure of that, not even really close, but he is a part of that. He's yeah. also one of the main reasons why um, 
uh, Manafort, the uh, current uh, My commissioner. Guy. Mike. Oh wait, Manfred. Manfred. Yeah, dumbass. Manfred uh, is Man- the owner. Of, yeah, Manfred. It was like is like Bill DeWitt's like best friend. So you know. Um, but top, you know, for what it's worth, Bill DeWitt is obviously a good steward of like Cardinal history. He obviously cares yeah. about that sort of stuff and has spent money on like, you know, preserving and, and he embraces all that. So there, there, you can do far worse, but yeah, again, he's worth $4 billion and they hand ring about, you know, going and getting the best players. So, yeah. Do you think Rob Manfred has real, like close friends, personal friends? <laughs> I don't know. You see that golf swing guy. How sucks. can you not be friends with, with a guy like that? That's a good point. Hey, um, <laughs> man, I'll, I'll be your friend. Come hang out. What the hell's wrong with you? Maybe I can influence him. Okay. I'll be his ghost of Christmas future. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I don't let's like move it. On. Uh, you take us into the next thing. What do you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, I want to talk. Uh, so, uh, John Moselak gave a, a lovely interview on the radio this week. There were some interesting things that he said. Nate kind of alluded to some of them. I wanted to read a quote that I thought was really exciting. Um, after we are, are done dunking on the Cardinals, we'll, we'll do a little celebrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mo was quoted on the radio saying, I was talking to Flo, who is Randy Flores, uh, yeah, the other day, funny. and he's really excited. He's really excited about this guy's talent and just reminded me that he's got real upside. So don't block him. And that was all in reference to Victor Scott, the second. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we we're all I think the hype train has left the station. We're all very excited for Victor Scott, what he's going to do. I think that it is. I, I'm sure that this is a joke, but the idea of Randy Flores being like, hey, don't do that thing that you normally do and not let the, you know, the, the cream yeah. rise to the top and, yeah. uh, you know, maybe figure out what you're doing with this position player, uh, glut, uh, but kind of funny and also kind of exciting. And also I wonder if it is predictive to how we can expect John Moselock to behave post Christmas. Um, and what, like we've moved O'Neill, right? We mm-hmm. need to move more players. We need to consolidate that. Honestly, even if they consolidate it into a, a, a position player, I'd be fine. But there's too many faces for the required spots. Um, and making a pathway for Victor Scott, while maybe premature the day that we're recording, you know, is he a spring yeah. training away from stealing the the center field job? I, I don't know. I my bold prediction is that by the end of 2024, Victor Scott is the starting center fielder. That's very exciting. Yeah, Um, I think that the organization is starting to clue into that. I think we're starting to hear things like this. They're basically like priming the pump. They're getting like you're not saying that without actively trying to get your fan base excited about Victor Scott, you know, and I think he's going to come into spring training with a lot of hype around him. Um, like the, the prospect world is starting to notice him as well. Like I'm just seeing his name and yeah, in more things. Um, and he just, it makes a lot of sense. Like right now, our, our starting center fielders are a, uh, middle infielder and a guy who has is Dylan Carlson, who, you know, I don't think I need to restate all the, 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 yeah. the, the the journey that has been Dylan Carlson. So like the, it, really the, the spot is wide open for him. 
you know. Yeah, um, and so so let's say you know we get to September next year. The outfield is Lars Newbar, Victor Scott too, and Jordan Walker, a fifth outfielder, probably DC if he's still here. Um, yeah. The infield is Arenado, Win, Gorman, Goldie. There's a lot of guys who are not who deserve everyday at bats with other clubs that are not getting everyday at bats. Yeah, you cannot tell me you cannot transform those players into some type of pitching or position player or prospect or, prospect or whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm still holding out hope for the the golden trade of like three of these guys for a, a young starting pitcher. You know, the like, um, Brendan Donovan. Alec Burleson and uh, I don't know one other guy, maybe Dylan Carlson for yeah. a Jesus Lazardo or a uh, Edward Cabrera or a uh, Brian Wu or something like that, you know. And some of that might have even might be an overpay in some regards, but like I think the Cardinals are in a position to overpay position players for a good um, for a good pitcher because that's where they have this depth. Well, and it's like, I think we're fine if we trade those players away and they, they play well, if you get something good back. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like you got to trade talent to get talent, you know? And and, I, uh, oh, sorry. No, you're good. I, I've been kind of banging the drum about Kyle Harrison, the left-handed, uh, flamethrower with the giants. Um, it's been said that the giants are trying to divest some of their pitching depth and getting some more, uh, position player. Do you have any, any quick thoughts on, on Kyle Harrison or, or making that kind of trade? Yeah. So I've, I have followed Kyle Harrison for a little while. Um, mostly from a dynasty baseball standpoint, but that nerd that, that does give me insight on him. And I mean, you can't really find much higher upside in a pitching prospect than Kyle Harrison right now. And, uh, not that long ago, he was, con- you know, he was on the path to being the number one pitching prospect in baseball. And he was considered the number one left-handed pitching prospect uh, somewhere around the middle of last year before he made his major league debut. Um, I, I mean, the the upside play there is is wonderful. He he is a strikeout machine, um, but he's struggled with control kind of his entire career. And so it is definitely a high risk, high reward. It would be to me that would all come down to what you're paying for him. Teams don't move highly touted pitching prospects for cheap. And then a pitching prospect is exactly that. It is a prospect. There's a whole there's a whole trope. It's called there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. Right. And my concern about this would be. uh when have we ever proven that we can put the finishing touches on a high end pitching prospect? <laughs> uh, like literally never. Right. So yeah. like I, if it's Kyle Harrison or any of these other dudes who have pitched successfully at the major leagues, even for a small amount of time, I'm taking all those other dudes. But if the deal can be right, um, hell yeah. I mean, Kyle Harrison looks potentially incredible, but he has a really frustrating flaw, which is bad control. And yeah. he will walk a million people. So, well, I guess the, those are know, my the Cardinals, thoughts. the Cardinals methodology will fix that. You just throw the ball down the middle. Um, yeah, right. When in doubt. So, yeah, yeah. I'll be curious. The, the, uh, giants need a shortstop. Uh, the giants don't really have a first baseman. They also don't really have a DH. And I think there's some, um, you know, the, uh, Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan, uh, mm-hmm. Alec Burleson. There's some, there's some 
there's a match there somewhere. Um, they could also probably use some outfield help even after signing Lee, but, uh, yeah, something I'm interested in, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Kelsey, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but I just, if they could somehow trade Tommy Edmond for something like a Kyle Harrison, that would be incredible because you gotta do it. Now you are, that's the step in the direction of clearing the spot for Victor Scott. Boom. And you're getting pitching, you know, but, um, it would probably take more than Tommy Edmond to get Kyle Harrison. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Kyle Harrison, Ky- Kyle Harrison, DC. Oh, maybe somebody else too. So, somebody else. that's probably pretty good. Cause I probably also Burleson. think they're kind of, in, they're in win now. Yeah. 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 Burleson makes sense. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. one other thing I wanted to hit on before we hit the break, uh, is that according to multiple news outlets, Amazon Prime Daddy Bezos has been in discussions mm. to potentially buy the parent company of Bally Sports. Um, I'll, I'll just blabber on this quickly for a second. I think that this is, this is good and bad. I think that if Amazon Prime does purchase Bally Sport, the Diamond Group, which owns Bally Sports, I think that that's the quickest pathway to eliminating blackouts uh, mm-hmm. for online viewership. So I think that that is net positive. I personally do not like Amazon. I do not like Jeff Bezos. I want nothing to do with that creepy lizard man. Uh, So my personal point of view is I don't think that's the best path forward. It might be the best path forward for the individual viewer, though. So there's positive to that. And uh, I'll just button this really quickly with I still think that the um, the Royals and the Cardinals and the blues and city um, and any other kind of major, uh, the chiefs, maybe chiefs, chiefs, I guess they're on uh, they're on normal TV. Um, But any of these Midwestern cable based sports teams should conglomerate and form an SNY type network uh, and they should just self-produce. I think that it it makes sense for the consumer Uh, build a wit and co they can make a gajillion dollars off of it. Um, but I, I think it makes sense the, the regional fanaticism that exists within this section of the country. I would be shocked if it wasn't viable. Um, and I think that that would be, I just think it would be the best path forward if, if I got to choose my own way, but I, I would understand, um, it would not shock me and I would understand the rationale if the DeWitts would rather have the rights sold to, you know, daddy Bezos yeah. and, and just go that route. I agree. I think it should be self-owned. Cut out the middleman, and we don't need to continue to rely on these mega conglomerates that don't actually care about the product. They are just looking at the bottom line. You know, Bezos buying it is to increase profit margins, and sometimes those things line up. You make a good product, it increases uh, product, you know, profit margins and whatnot. But um, big picture, putting it all under Amazon just seems like you're heading towards uh, uh, the same sort of problems that they've had. Yeah. Um, I like to that point, I think that is like a, maybe a low key benefit of the Cardinals self-producing their broadcast is like, they then have to sell their own product for us to want to watch it. So they are motivated. It's, I think it's good for the consumer and good for DeWitt and co. Um, Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen, but I want it to happen. I think it, I think that's the long term eventual conclusion to this, but how how we get there, um, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But like, 
people are getting more and more comfortable with having apps on their devices that are committed to a specific thing. Right. You know, like even the most like uh, tech, like non-tech savvy person at this point still probably has a smart TV with like Netflix on it or whatever, you know, and if you could make it like here's the SNY version, you know, here's the Missouri sports app or whatever, you know, like it, it wouldn't be that hard to educate people. And I think it would happen. It would be yeah. good for the for the team and for the sport. Big picture. But what do I know? Nothing. Yeah. All right. We've got some more to talk about. But before we do, we want to remind our listeners that this show is supported on Patreon. Don't go to their capitalistic endeavors. Go to ours. <laughs> uh, if you've enjoyed the show, I want to support the time that we've put into it week in and week out. We are approaching episode 100, which is crazy. And um, you want to show your support for that. Patreon.com slash talking about birds. Uh, patrons of any level get access to our private discord. We call it the bird score. Tweet, tweet, baby. We're having a good time in there. We're talking about planning a uh, a baseball movie night and some other things that we want to do with the group. So um, if that sounds fun to you, you want to connect with other listeners and other fans of the Cardinals, patreon.com slash talking about birds. You can also leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform, which we really appreciate. It really does help. Um, we have T-shirts. All of that is found on our website. Uh, and you get one if you join the Patreon. Uh, ben, where can people follow us online? Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. We're on Instagram at TalkingAboutBirds. We got a TikTok. Check us out on TikTok. If you want to listen to this podcast on Spotify, we are also there. You can email us any thoughts or questions or threats to TalkAboutBirds at gmail.com. Uh, and you can find all of that information at TalkingAboutBirds.com. I would also like to call out that we got a phone number. Yeah. 848-48-BIRDS or 848-482-4737. If you want to call us, leave a voicemail, or we recently found that this line is available <laughs> for text message, you can text us, um, which is fine. We, we'll, take, uh, we'll take any, any comers in any way, um, but uh, we appreciate We've got some fun interactions so far, uh, and we had a, a good correction come down the pipeline. Um, and uh, I don't want to dox this person, but I saw that they were... Uh, their area code that they texted from was from the East coast. So I'm going to take this as a, as their knowledgeable resource on this topic. Uh, but they corrected our evaluation of Nick Robertson, who, uh, as we talked about the Cardinals recently acquired the Tyler O'Neill deal, I was kind of talking, uh, about the changeup. And to be honest, when I was, you know, reading about him, looking at video, it was strikeouts on the changeup. Um, and that seemed to be his dominant pitch. What this person kindly pointed out is that the Red Sox and him were working on a sweeper, slider, slurvy, whatever, um, and it seemed to go uh, uh, turn out some pretty nice results. I will say it was only about 12 innings he threw with the Boston Red Sox. Um, it wasn't all great results, but I think this kind of just illuminates that the Cardinals are focusing on something very specific, and that specific thing is uh, the sweeper. I, I think almost every pitcher the Cardinals have acquired yeah. <laughs> either have a sweeper or recently developed a sweeper. Um, uh, so thank you first off to that uh, listener. Appreciate the, uh, the correction. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of interesting from a Cardinal standpoint. They yeah. uh, they're locked on. 
I wouldn't even say it was a correction, more just like an addition to the conversation. Because yeah, I don't think we well, talked about the sweeper, <laughs> but we do really appreciate it, and it was very funny because I've been pitching this thing on the on the uh, on the pod exclusively as a voicemail option, and then yeah. I got a text message. I'm like, oh, well, that works too. So yeah, if you want to send us a note, um, and you don't want to use your voice or you're not like keen on any sort of social media platform, you can text us. Pull your phone out eight four eight forty eight birds. 848-482-4737. That's right. And yeah, thank you to listener for sending us that. Uh, the sweeper. It's all the rage right now. Everybody's got a sweeper. Floors are dirty. Bringing out the sweepers. <laughs> God, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Remember, uh, you and I were kind of talking about this before the show, but like sweepers big right now. It reminded me of when the Colonels drafted everybody off of bat speed. Yes. And then like none of those guys made it to the majors. Hey, uh hey, Trey Fletcher's still somewhere. Yeah. Nick Plummer, the first yeah. overall pick, you know. Um so I hope it doesn't go the way of the of the uh <laughs> of this of the that speed focus. Um but it, it you know what I will say it's just nice it's nice to see that they have a plan that they're that they're, there's like you know, there's some <laughs> consideration behind yes. this maybe. Now, does it sometimes feel that the plan was drawn with like Crayola crayons on parchment paper or on uh, craft paper? Yes, but yeah, or it it's like plan. it's trending on Twitter. So they're like, well, we got to do that. Everyone yeah. else is doing the sweeper. You ever, have you heard of this? Have you seen this? Have you heard of this? Yeah. It's a sweeper. Let's go get all of them. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're doing it. All right. Well, well, we're still in the hot. We're still in yeah. the hot stove. Um, there's been some movement around the league. Um, ben, you want to uh, run us down on some of the stuff that's happened? The, the Pirates are moving and shaking, Nate. They make oh, a couple yeah. of deals. Uh, first off, they go and re-sign Andrew McCutcheon to a $5 million deal for one year. Um, uh, it just copy and paste my thoughts from them that doing this last year. It's great. McCutcheon's yeah. great. Love seeing him in the Pirates uniform. And I love that we get to watch him a uh, handful of times every year now. It's 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 great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Love, love Kutch. The Pirates have also signed Martin Perez to a one-year, $8 million deal. Um, and I think this, it's whatever. It's a fine deal. Martin Perez, he'll have a fine year. Um, but I, I do think it puts into perspective the Cardinals deals a little bit better. Like, I would rather have Lance Lynn for 10 than Martin Perez, Martin Perez for 8. Um, yeah. So Mo's looking good so far. Yeah. Yeah, I think I do think we we talked about it a little last week too with like the Eric Fetty con, uh, contract and stuff like that. Like, and I think the w- one that we're going to talk about here in a minute too. Like, I the 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 picture that's being painted around the Lance Lynn, the the rush to get Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, <laughs> um, it is looking better uh, yeah. than it felt at the time, and that's good. So we want to make sure we acknowledge that because. Us and everyone was pretty harsh on uh, Mosaic for for these, and and of course he's going to know more about the market than we do. But uh, yes. I, I'm still not ready to say all is forgiven because I think we need more. But yeah, it, it does feel a little bit better. And it it, it is I, I think a criticism that we have fairly had over the last couple yes. of years that Mo has not read the um, current dynamic market quickly enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's all we're I, we're on stable ground. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of pitching, uh, so the Dodgers acquired Tyler Glasnow and Manuel Margot uh, last week. The more exciting thing, if you're a Dodgers fan, I suppose, is Glasnow 
uh, signed an extension that is will total five years, one hundred and thirty six point five million bucks. It's pretty frustrating uh, how much this has happened where we're like, this is a thing that we think the Cardinals should do because it seems like a good idea. And then the Dodgers go and do it and do it really, really well. Now, what they traded for Glasnow, I don't know that the Cardinals have a Ryan Pepio. Yeah. The, you know, because if we did, we're probably just starting him and not right. trading him, you know, um, and the Rays will probably be pretty happy with how this trade ultimately ends up. Uh, I think they got a good return for Glass now and 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 Margot, but it is just so frustrating when now the Dodgers have, uh, you know, I think was the maybe the best available trade uh, candidate for for your for your rotation. Now they have him, and then they extend him to I think a pretty reasonable deal. Now Glass now is is what he is, uh, more like Glass now. Got him. Yep. But a team like that can can sustain that sort of thing so uh it's well, frustrating it's really annoying that the dodgers sign otani and then go and do that and they seemingly aren't done um but that's what they do they they're willing to spend yeah if i mean if they also get yamamoto i i think all other baseball fans are allowed to have a, a day or two of uh of i don't know depression anger yeah. crying yeah. all of it it'll, all of it it'll be a sad day um, and, uh, oh, never mind. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, this, <laughs> this narrative that like baseball is better because Otani signed with the Dodgers. Like that's a better thing for, oh, like, that yeah. is such horseshit. That makes <laughs> yes. no sense. Was the that, was that reason, Heyman? Like, I, I've heard it. I've, I've been Verlander. I've heard a bunch yeah. of people say bullshit like that. The only reason he was kind of invisible on the angels is because they're the angels. They're yeah. been like the most aggressively mediocre team in mm-hmm. baseball. That would not they're, like they're, they're special in that sense. They have the two, they had the two best players in baseball for six years and never made the playoffs and really couldn't put together a real team or a real pitching staff. That's like this whole, ugh, Yeah, yeah. I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. Is it bad for baseball that Tony Gwynn was a Padre and not a Yankee? Is it bad for baseball that Miguel Cabrera was with the Tigers and not with the Dodgers? Like, no, it's it's a very frustrating narrative. I would argue that it's actually better for baseball that your stars are spread across and not centralized on on coast teams. But, you know, it's such a tired, lame take. But yeah. uh, Yeah. Anyways. Um, the Giants have signed Tom Murphy, a uh, two-year contract, $8.25 million. Uh, the rich get richer. I think they already have uh, Patrick Bailey, who I really like from the catching position. Um, they go out and get Tom Murphy, who I also really like. He's a great yeah. defender, a great game caller, and has surprising pop. Uh, I think good move for the Giants. Yeah. Yeah, it's not an exciting move, but it's no. a, it's it's the right kind of move for uh, you know, we're we're in that part of the offseason, too, where teams are just adding to depth, adding a little bit here and there to just sort of lift the floor of the team. Right. Maybe the Cardinals will do something here, mm. too. Uh, the Royals have signed Michael Waka two years, thirty two million dollars. Yeah, this is another one. That's what I just hinted to where it's like, OK, this does put the perspective a little bit more on the Lynn and Gibson deal, because we all were saying like, well, 
why Lynn for 10 when Waka's out there? And it's like, yeah. oh, well, Waka got $32 million. And again, that's not a lot to them, but it is three times as much as they had to give to Lynn. And it's a, you know, it's a multi-year. Like, I, I think it's probably, I, I'm actually, it's been pretty cool to see that the, the Royals are doing their version of like going for it this year. They've stated that they see the AL Central as uh, available and they're making moves in order to compete. Now they're like small dollar moves like this, but with some of their young players, Bobby Witt might be the best player like in baseball outside of like an Otani, but he's just only 22 or 23. So he hasn't, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes, but he was incredible last year. So they've got some pieces and the AL central sucks. So like they, they could compete next year, which is crazy because of how bad they were last (laughs) year. But like, it doesn't. It won't take a lot for them to to move into competition, especially no. considering that division. No, and I, I think you can squint and see. Well, I, I fully agree with your Bobby Wood Jr. But you can squint and say, "Oh well, Mikel Garcia could take a mm-hmm. step forward. MJ Melendez could take yeah. a step forward. Vinny Pascatino could take a step forward." Yeah, you already have a pretty good defensive team. Uh, let's not forget about the the future Cy Young winner out of nowhere, oh, Cole Reagans. Cole Reagans. Yeah. Um, and, and I expect that I think what he's found is real and I think he's going to come back and have a really nice season. Um, I, I would love to see it. It's more fun when the team is good in Kansas city than when it's bad. Yeah. That's for sure. Agreed. Uh, moving on uh, last bit of news. Uh, and this was uh, more just kind of stopped me in my tracks. I could not believe this, but uh, part of the Dodgers pitch to Shohei Otani. This came out um, uh, this week is that it included a video of Kobe Bryant encouraging Shohei to join the Dodgers, obviously recorded before Kobe passed away. There were some reports saying that this was recorded as early as six years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is as soon as Shohei Otani essentially came to the big leagues, the Dodgers tapped Kobe Bryant, who's obviously unfortunately passed away, um, and he recorded a video. And that just kind of blew my mind that yeah. the foresight, the ability, the just everything involved in that. Um, and then to hear that post death is yeah. Wild. It did make me wonder, was this actually just recorded? Were they trying to get him when he initially signed with the angels and they just like, you know, never used it. And then they Maybe. used it now, or did they do it sometime in between? Um, kind of either way is interesting. It reminded me of, uh, it's a, this was a sad one, although it ended up well. Do you remember when, um, you know, the Hayward sweepstakes were going on? Um, there was a story that the uh, Cubs pulled out in part of their presentation. They showed Hayward how it was like some documentation from like two or three years ago where they had been planning for Hayward's free agency since like, oh, for, for like multiple years. And they used that as a way to show like this isn't just a like a, a thing we've decided to do. We've been waiting for you. And it, I think rightfully it, it helped sway him to decide to sign with the Cubs. You know, they, they showed how they saw how he would fit into their plans of winning a championship. And they ultimately did. Although, yeah, you know, he's a perfect version of the C student getting the ride along with the rest of the A students. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it worked. Players want to know that, teams want them and i don't think otani was necessarily uh too worried about people wanting him but i imagine some of like the star power of all of it and playing for the dodgers and all that is appealing to him so yeah pretty interesting 
Kind of wild. Um, yeah. All right. That wraps up League News. All right. We're going to end this episode with a return of one of our oldest game bins. Oh Games, God. Ben. Game bins. We're going, game bins. We're going back to if you had to. If you had to. Oh, wow. That, does, you that, made even that, that sound effect sounds old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you made that on like GarageBand in like 2012. I think that's your <laughs> voice just pitched down. Wow. Um, this is if you had to holiday edition. Wow. All right. I've got two lists here. I've got one list of Cardinal based questions for you. And I've got one list of if you uh, like basically 24 Christmas, would you rather questions from dayswithgray.com, which is intended for children. Um, okay. So I'm going to ask you one of those and I'm going to ask you a baseball one and then, and then we'll go back and forth. Okay. Okay. So we'll start with a baseball one. Ben, if you had to pick one position player to break out in 2024, who would you pick for the St. Louis Cardinals? St. Louis Cardinals? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's pretty easy for me. I, I'm going to go right to Mason Wynn. And I only yeah. say that the only reason I don't pick Jordan Walker is because I think he was kind of breaking out there towards the end a little bit. Like, I think we yeah. know what we're going to get. But um, Mason Wynn really didn't have a chance. He just wasn't. He only played under 40 games. Still getting yeah. his cup of coffee. I think Mason Wynn is really going to blow people's minds. I think uh, the defense is going to be top tier. I think he's going to be a gold glove type uh, uh, player. And I think the bat, it, he's not going to hit 20 home runs, uh, but I think the bat and the base pass are going to be dangerous enough that it's, uh, we'll be talking rookie of the year. It's going to be really, really fun. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, I thought you might pick Walker um, for obvious reasons, but my pick as well was Mason Wynn. The team has a fundamental change to it with a uh, Mason Wynn at his uh, potential prime, you know? So um, I pick Mason Wynn as well. Also, I, I cannot. I'm I'm really excited for the Mason Win Jordan Walker bromance to really blossom. Oh, um, yeah. It's it's going to be yeah. incredible. All right, Ben. If you had to pick, would you rather have a carrot nose that tells jokes, <laughs> God, or a wish granting snowman top hat? Wish granting snowman top hat. That's not even close. I what know it's not about? even wish, close. I could break the world with that. I could do. Yeah. W- yeah, yeah. Come on now. And you kind of already have a carrot nose that tells jokes. So what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that one felt lopsided, but it's literally the first one on the list. I'm like, well, I got to go with that one. Kids are stupid. All right, Ben. Uh, if you had to pick one pitcher to break out in 2024, who are you picking? One pitcher to break out in 2024. That one is less fun. Um Let's see. You know what? I'm going to go with uh, newly acquired Ryan Fernandez. He is he is. I think we're excited about him, but he's Mm -hmm. still a little bit under the radar. Um, I think he is going to lock down a spot in the bullpen and um, and and just get a bunch of rack up a bunch of K's, get get strikeouts left and right. I think the bullpen. um, It's easy to be, uh, especially in the middle of the winter, it's easy to be like sour on the Cardinals and everything like that. But I'm really buying the bullpen stuff that we're doing this year. Um, And and I think he's going to be, just because of name recognition and uh, experience, I think he's going to be the one that pops off the page. Yeah, Um, that's a good pick. I was thinking Matt Liberatore um, because we did see it a little bit last year. 
but also I want everyone to shut up about the Randy Rosarena trade, and it will, yeah. will go a long way if Matt Libertor becomes a very valuable part of the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I would love to know where the Cardinals are viewing his future. Is he a reliever? Is he a starter? Yeah, I, I, I think, didn't they say earlier that they are going to enter spring with him stretched out, but they're not ruling out the bullpen? Yeah. So, so we'll um, see. Yeah. Right now, I bet he is, it's like him or Zach Thompson are six and seven. Yeah, right? that makes sense. So, um, okay. Would you rather have a gingerbread house that smells like candy or a snow fort with Cocoa Springs? Cocoa Springs. What does that mean? I would imagine like a spring, like a, like a pool of water, but it's full oh. of cocoa. Ew. Um, a gingerbread house that smells like candy. Uh, I guess the gingerbread house that smells like candy, because I'm thinking of like a spring filled with cocoa and like people getting into it. I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to eat that. There's also, I have this thing, uh, <laughs> this is so stupid. I'm sorry, but I, uh, I this, when food is in too large of a quantity, it, <laughs> it, it, it begins to gross me out. Does that make sense? Yeah. Though I'm confused because. I've seen you eat before. Thank and, you. Yeah. Right. You know, you yeah. it's normally in it's a a trough like yes. uh, situation. Sure. You know, the quantity is vast. So well then uh thanks for that. But you know, like <laughs> get a, a plate of spaghetti. I'm yeah. on board. You okay. fill a bathtub with spaghetti and I'm disgusted. Ah. I don't know why that is, but I feel yeah. that way. Spaghetti's a good one. It's like it's like worms. <laughs> sure. Are you encountering abnormally large quantities of food no, besides your you, normal diet on a on a day to day basis? I cannot wait to see you in real life. <laughs> um, no, but I feel like I see it on the internet, and I don't okay. know, maybe like TV shows or movies. Like uh, you see it enough that I've developed a distaste. Okay. Um, pick one more edition. If you had to pick one more edition that the Cardinals make, not including Yamamoto, who would it be out of all the options we've discussed? Who's your number one? Like it would make you the most happy. Are we, are trades in a part of this too? Or are you just talking about from yeah. the free agent pile? Just players that are on the, that seem available. That seem available. Ooh, well, I mean, Logan Gilbert, Logan Gilbert, Logan Gilbert. That that's okay. that is still the the number one guy. I wish the yeah. Cardinals to go off, and that seems relatively realistic. Um, another guy, uh, if we're playing the game um, to the rules that you're saying, is uh, Tarek Skubal, who I know I've talked about on this show before. Yeah, and there's like no way that the Tigers will will trade him, but um, you know. I, I, that would be cool. Yeah, Logan Gilbert probably is number one. I, I'm really starting to ride the Jesus Lazardo train. I think he has still has a ton of upside and is already good right now. So I'd be very I, excited for the Cardinals to get him. Oh, I, I would love that to happen. When we're talking about a real world, I think that there is zero chance that they part with Jesus Lazardo. Mm, okay. Um. Let's see. Would you rather have elf shoes that make you jump higher or Santa's gloves for magical hugs? The fuck does that mean? Um, I definitely don't want to hug anybody. So I think by default, I'm going with the shoes that allow me to jump higher. 
Um, I'm not a very good jumper, so I, I think any higher would be great. Um, yeah, I mean, this seems like this one, it seems another obvious one, although I don't know exactly what a magical hug is. So, you know, I don't want to want that out entirely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but making me jump higher, help my basketball game. You know that I'm a baller and that would help. Yep. <laughs> we all know <laughs> that. All right. I got one more, uh, baseball one for you. Um, the Cardinals have entered into some sort of magic clone machine and they can take one player, clone him nine times and he's playing every position. Uh, he's your entire team next year. Who's that one player? So your entire team. So your lineup for a game is all mm-hmm. this nine of this one guy. And he's also pitching. Wow. He's also pitching. Yeah. Okay. He's your whole team. All right. So my first thought was Nolan Arenado because I think he could yeah. play short. He could play second. He could obviously play first. I think he'd be a fine catcher. He's got the arm to pitch. I don't know if he has the wheels to make it in the outfield. He's very that, slow. <laughs> that I think he could do everything. He was even slower in 2023. He's yeah. Yeah. Now, Wilson Contreras is interesting because he hit ball hard. Yeah. Um, we know that he can play the outfield. We know that he can catch. If he can catch, I assume he can play third baseman and first base to a non-embarrassing level. Um, but he might not be able to play up the middle. He's got a good arm. He could throw. Tommy Edmond can play everywhere, but he's got a weak-ass arm. He'd get hit around the ballpark. Yeah. You know, this This is not a, a good pick, um, but I think it's the pick that I'd most like to see. And he's young. So I think he could make it work. I'm going to go with Jordan Walker. We hmm. He's got an absolute cannon. We know he could play third base and first base. He would be bad in center, and he would be hilarious to watch at short and second. But having Jordan Walker's power up nine at-bats or uh, yeah. uh, 27, or, you know, every, every time, I think would be a lot of fun. Him or yeah. Wynn? Wynn win is the- probably the better defensive answer, and he can actually pitch. Right. Um, but can he hit enough? That was my thought was Mason Wynn because he was a pitcher and yeah. and I would imagine those skills would retain to some degree. He's got that cannon for an arm. So it's like, are you either going to try to win games like five to four with a bunch of wins and you just hope the the hits, you know, sync with together or are you hoping to win uh, like 18 to 17 with Jordan with nine Jordan Walkers? I would rather watch the Jordan Walker team, yeah. I think, than yeah. the, the win team. But either would be fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, last question. Uh, if you had to, would you rather ride in a sleigh of cookies or a car made of candy? Ride in a sleigh of cookies or a car made of candy. This is so stupid. Um, <laughs> car made of candy. I mean, car made of candy. As soon as you get inclement weather, that car is done. Um, yeah. So that's pretty stupid. And also, if given the choice in between cookies and candy, you know, I'm going cookies every single time. <laughs> I'm a cookie freak. I'm a cookie monster. Yeah, that that sleigh won't make it very far because you'll like you. I was going to say the same thing with a, a gingerbread house. If you had to live in one, that thing's yeah. not living very long either. You're just going to. Yeah. But I also I don't need a sleigh. To, I don't need a sleigh to get anywhere. So, you know, if I just have a sleigh yeah. made of cookies that I can go munch on. Um, you're not even yeah, using I'm, it as a sleigh. You're just like, this is a collection of cookies for me. To- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my choice. Yeah. 
I'm going car candy. Keep it in the garage. It's magical. You know, I think uh, I'm doing car candy. You live in St. Louis. That thing would melt day one. Climate controlled garage. I'm spending right. 50 grand to outfit my garage in a way to <laughs> sustain my car made of candy. That's smart. Yeah. All right. Well, that was fun. That'll do it for this uh, <laughs> this version of If You Had To and this week's episode. So we will be back next week. Like we said at the beginning, we don't know exactly what that episode is going to be like, but we hope you all have, uh, if you celebrate Christmas, we hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Um, you know, the, all the, there's a lot of holidays going on right now, so we wish a happy holidays to everyone. New Year's is around the corner. Thank you all for listening. And uh, until next week, let's say, hmm... I wish upon all of you a car made of candy. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Pod, 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 pod. The very last pod. You pod, 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 pod. It's getting better. (laughs) (laughs) Rocking around the podcast tree. Yeah, listen to my voice. I sing Uh, real good like my normal voice. It doesn't sound bad at all. Um. That that's an okay Christmas song. That one that one's a little you don't it gets me a little on edge. Tree? Huh? You don't like rocking around the Christmas tree? Not really. I feel like it's one of the only ones that's like is you know, it's got it's a little it's got a little bop to it, you know what I mean? Yeah, mate, the problem with the Christmas songs is that like I don't even necessarily think that they I'm not like one of those people who are like I can't listen to Christmas music as soon as thing like it's fine. Yeah. I don't really care. Yeah. It's the my like ear is tired. Like there's so few of them. My ear mm-hmm. is tired of them all. I've just heard them all since I was four or whatever. Um, I like the only advancement we've had is like two songs. Yeah. Which is funny because like every single pop star of the last 50 years has put out a half dozen Christmas songs because everybody is desperately looking for the next uh, All I Want for Christmas is You, which is going to pay Mariah Carey's great, 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 great grandchildren's like college tuition on Mars or wherever it'll be.